0: Today's episode is brought to you by Hover. Please visit hover.com slash to get 10% off your domain name registrations.
1: I'm broadcast Joneson for some podcasting. Oh,
2: I'm gonna go turn off your microphone. <laughs> <laughs>
3: 16th 2013 and this is
2: the last dateline this is idle thumbs 90 i'm chris remo i'm jake rodkin i'm sean vanneman and i'm nick Brecken. welcome nick hi nick thanks hey hey man how's it going that's like
0: you never left yeah except i did <laughs> you son of a bitch yeah i would like to thank all of the fans for their kind words and <laughs> <laughs> support over the years <laughs> their kind word specifically word yeah there's
2: a not insignificant number of readers Listening to this, who probably didn't listen to Idle Thumbs when That's Nick true. was on it?
0: They have no idea who I am. Nick
2: Brecken works for Bethesda and was was one of the original three. them uh, in. I, mean, I could be anybody right well, now. Why are you seconds. telling them that? Whatever. Nick Brecken
0: is the president
3: of the United States. <laughs> Thank you. End of space.
2: <laughs> <laughs> the first episode of Idle Thumbs, this the podcast, was uh, Jake and Nick and I. And uh, that was back when we were called Idle we Thumbs. Did that the for about podcast a year before yeah. Nick deserted us. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> Didn't take long to just flip the switch. Nope. That yep. switch has been
0: flipped. Yeah. Anyway. Okay. Well, yeah. That's, that's it. That's all the interesting history. Serve. That's the the grand history of it. So
3: do we want to talk about the room from which we escaped yes, last we night? Oh, no, we, no, we, excuse me. Yeah. The which we failed escaped. to yeah. escape
2: from. From which we failed to escape. We did a really cool thing last night. A reader – oh, we should, have fi- we should have figured out which reader it was who, who recommended this. But one lucky reader. Yeah. One of our readers um, pointed out what's called Real Escape Game, uh, which is a Japanese – company, I guess, that has been operating, uh, like real world room escape puzzles in Japan for a long time. And they brought it to San Francisco, like maybe a year ago or something, or, you know, in the, within the last few years. Um, and it's like one of those online room escape games where you're just stuck in a room and you're just solving puzzles till you get out, but you're physically there with ten other people, uh, in an actual locked room. And there's just a series of crazy puzzles that range from just hidden objects to not, to like crypt, sort of light cryptography, um, to kind of weird um, logic puzzles with crosswords and stuff, um, and just even riddles and stuff. Yeah, riddles. Yeah, yeah. well, things yeah.
1: are just hidden.
2: Yeah. Also, like, there's
1: this, things like
3: f- flipping over the couch and yeah. putting it in the back of the room, pulling the carpet back and finding a hidden compartment in the floor. That yeah, like Whoa. it
2: was. A, it was <laughs> yeah, a, a, just every category. I mean, the cool thing about it yeah. is that it's like every category of puzzle, and they're all interlinked, and some of them are kind of repeat back on themselves. The thing it's that was cool. awesome
1: was experiencing, because the room is so dense, full of stuff and so many things to discover, you guys had discoveries that I didn't know about. Yeah, <laughs> like, like, the you way, way. Well, you yeah, just yeah. found that compartment and underneath the rug? Yeah. yeah, No like, idea that ever happened. Yeah. <laughs> <until>. <laughs> One
3: <laughs> yeah. of the craziest moments for me was when all of a sudden the lights turned off in the room. Oh my God. It oh was oh yeah, amazing. I, I was over, over the, the hole. Hole. And Christian was did like, this
0: so dramatically too. I, just, I saw you out of the corner of my eye. You just sort of went over... Bloop. And then everybody was like, whoa. That's because I thought it was i thought it was, was like a narrative event or yeah, something. Yeah, yeah, yeah like, I did too. I was Everyone
3: like, oh, freaked out. The and spirit looked, turned out the And then looked the over at the wall and yeah. two letters were glowing. Pink, four letters. Four, or Four, four letters were glowing yeah. in the wall that yeah. said the word food. Foot. Foot. Foot, Foot. Foot. <laughs> Foot. <laughs> Foot is equally hilarious. Yeah, but yeah. Yeah. Uh, you oh, were just, yeah, that was amazing.
1: <laughs> the look on your face
3: yeah, when you turned the lights back on. No, the reason I had
2: that look. No, no, that wasn't it at all. I Because I went over there and I was... Because – so the the very – well, the very first thing we did was you looked up tomorrow in the dictionary. But then the very second thing I did immediately was find a uh, a chest. We should also four, be
3: – we should try not to go crazy with clues in this in case people who live in northern California – Oh, have, well, right. you know what? Let's just Jesus. say if you want to go do this game yeah.
1: right now, we're going to – talk about it. So yeah. It's running for a
3: little while longer in San Francisco, so yeah. most readers probably won't. But for yeah, those who in do...
2: it's It's near the Kabuki. Yeah, theater. you probably
3: want to just skip a little bit of the podcast because we're going to spoil a, a escape from the room game that only exists in one room in yeah. uh, a building in Japantown. Yeah. So,
2: spoilers. Um, and so the first thing I did was find a chest that had four... That was completely it was bolted shut. shut. It was yeah. bolted shut with four different kinds of of screw like with screws that had four different kinds of heads. So was there's was like Phillips, Phillips head flat. flathead, mm-hmm. and then two sizes of Allen wrench. Uh, and that was the very first thing I found. And then that was, th- and and then people would like end up finding, like when Nick found the panel under the floor, that had one of the screwdrivers in yeah. it, right? Yeah, yeah, it Allen wrench. yeah someone eventually right. tore
3: and- couch cushions apart
2: and inside... Like inside one of the zipper pouches of a couch cushion was another yeah, piece of a screwdriver. Right. And and people and other people had already searched the sofa and not found anything. So I was like, Yeah, I turned my, it inside out and found a piece of paper about the signs of the zodiac, but I didn't go far enough to turn the couch cushions yeah, themselves inside well, out. And there's a lot of moments like that. And so because of that, my my brain went into this like mode of don't have like there's always going to be something underneath the other thing. Like don't ever assume you've searched. like. And so I wasn't I didn't even originally intend to turn the lights off. I went over there cuz I'm like, I wonder if I can take the panel off of the light switch. That's how that's what a weird <laughs> that's what a weird space my brain was in. It wasn't I'm going to try turning the lights off. It was like I'm going to try manipulating this light switch in some weird way. And then I accidentally turned it off. And then the look on my face wasn't like deli- being deliberately enigm- enigmatic. It was just being surprised for like, like <laughs> wait. I'm like, wait. What? And everyone else noticed the glowing things before I did. Oh. And everyone started going, whoa, whoa. <laughs> and I was like – and I thought they were just – Why are the just, lights just, off? The lights were off. Yeah. So I was a compl- I was Mr. Magooing my way through that puzzle. <laughs> yeah. Oh. It was super fun. We didn't escape. Out of the yeah. 50 – we were the 53rd Second. team. 52nd. But whatever. Oh, oh 52nd. Yeah, yeah, we were yeah. the 52nd team to play this game. We did not escape. Only three teams. Three out of fifty-two, out of 52 people 52 had, have, have, have escaped. escaped. Mm-hmm.
3: We got close, but I feel like I feel like we probably needed. It It was we an hour-long game. Like every ten minutes, the loudspeaker would say how many minutes had elapsed. I think, or how many minutes remained. Yeah, and yeah, we probably needed ten to fifteen more minutes, but we got through the locked door into the final room where it got was a whole bunch of creepy stuff. Everyone on our team was so excited
2: though when we when we got into that room, we were like, oh
3: my god, hang this sheet, I've well, matched up the <laughs> thing. Like, there were also
2: only like seven minutes left when we got in, so yeah. there was a heightened atmosphere. yeah to well, begin they actually with. They play. Yeah, the, they start that playing TikTok creepy music. music. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So everyone everyone had that sort of adrenaline going, and then the room is just intense when you get in there. Yeah. Um. So it it made everything all the crazier.
1: God. It's nice because at that stage, around like the nine minute mark, we had a really good flow of yeah, a lot really of did. solutions coming yeah. together. It was like, uh-huh. boom, 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 and yep. this, and this, and this. Mm-hmm. That was ugh, that was worth admission. That like weird little solving yeah. high that we got right then. Yeah. Oh, so also, good.
3: the next game that these guys are doing is set on board a pirate ship in the San yep. Francisco Bay, and it's called Escape from the Haunted Ship. Yep. That is happening. Yeah, yeah, we're like, going that is enough. guaranteed to happen. Yeah. yeah. Like, I don't know.
2: I hope that this It is looks a thing like that, they have a whole series of these. That Like, this is that one... It, on the pamphlet, it was like room, real Room Escape Four. Like yeah. I guess they mm-hmm. just you right. know yeah. they set yep. these up. Just yeah, they have new ones. And on I
3: know places. like, did Chris? You did the Jujun Institute stuff in San Francisco. Yeah, yeah, did yeah, anyone else here do that? We've talked about that on the podcast. Yeah, that's uh, it. Was a sort of mystery game solved across the city. And I know mm-hmm. like, doesn't New York have
1: something that's? What is the? I don't know. I don't know. Oh, they have that that hotel. Yeah, I that don't know. Adam went to. No, that's that's theater, though. I don't think it's. Yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. you're
2: talking about uh, Sleep No More. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that's yeah. different. Adam yeah. went to that. Sleep No more but, more, but these
1: like
3: real world collaborative puzzle games are. I've now played two of them in San Francisco, and they're really goddamn fun. It's really yeah. fun. it's a thing that I would like to see show up in more places, and who knows if it ever will, because it requires. Either a weird group of people, like whoever the hell did the jejun Institute, which seemed like it was just
2: that was all. Well, we did
3: it with all people we know. Oh, you mean I mean, who, who put, put it, it on? Because there's no, yeah, there's I mean, no. Right. You don't pay money to go to the Jesuit Institute. You just would. You yeah, walked you into that weird. In. I don't know how they afforded that. That was a crazy thing where you went up to a, an actual a floor of a building in like the, the financial district, floor of,
2: an, of a financial district skyscraper, and there's just a man there at a the front desk
3: saying, uh, "Welcome to the jejun Institute. Go to this room for your indoctrination or whatever." Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it was orientation, which then turned yeah. into faux indoctrination. But yeah. that was just like. That felt like the beginning of the game, but on a far lower budget, whereas this clearly was a, you know...
1: It's a puzzle. Yeah, Yeah, it's paying money for this experience, but Mm -hmm. it was... uh, There's not a lot of... I mean, that's one thing we were talking about. There's not a lot of sort of narrative artifice over it. Like, you're doing crossword puzzles and and things like that. That's also genuine, too, just like that style of puzzle game, which I
3: I think... I mean,
2: the Jujun one, that was all about narrative. The Jujun one is, is... is more narrative and less puzzle solving. Mm-hmm. It's more of just a scavenger hunter, like a connect the dots. Yep. And it's in service of sort of uncovering this narrative and then also in service of just exploring your city in an interesting way. Whereas this was like any moment that there was a, the, that they could have potentially taken more of a narrative tack or more of a puzzle tack. Like the puzzle always wins. Yeah. Like in this, yeah, it's yeah. all about puzzles. You
1: stuff. kind of compared mm-hmm. it yesterday to the professor Layton. Yeah. It felt like a particular,
2: yeah, there's a particular brand and it's, 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 Totally makes sense to me that this is a Japanese thing because if you look at a lot of Japanese puzzle games, I would say even Resident Evil Four or something is like this. You know, mm-hmm. games that that have really strong tonal elements in a lot of cases, but it's are absolutely, willing it's, it's to just not
3: afraid at all to just dump to, a puzzle to, in your face, right, to yeah. just yeah.
2: completely mm-hmm. go off the narrative rails and just be like, here's this arbitrary puzzle that you're going to solve for some reason. Um, whereas in uh, like Western adventure games, uh, a Western adventure game tends to within, like, the first few minutes of the game, you can tell what kind of adventure... It's either going to be the Mist kind, where it is all puzzle-oriented, or it's going to be, like, the LucasArts <laughs> or Sierra kind, where it's narrative with kind of goofy puzzles stringing everything along. But it's going to be that for the whole time. You know, whereas right. I feel like Japanese puzzle or adventure game design t- tends to well, it's funny, like- be more willing to just suddenly, like... Be a different game. When you know, for, when Sean for, and I yeah.
3: were working on Puzzle Agent at Telltale, which is a very Professor Layton inspired yeah. game, uh-huh. the first thing we said is ground rules. There's never going to be a time when you look inside of a, uh, a keyhole, lock in a door, and find a slider puzzle. Like that is never we allowed. Ended, to for happen. what it's worth,
1: we ended up making that game. <laughs> where I you mean found slider puzzles inside <laughs> of lock. It, yeah. it was never it was <laughs> never
3: literally intent, that though. There's it? always an attempt, at least, to try and say this is a thing that exists inside a person's brain. It never. Oh well, that's the thing. Yeah. The it, there was there was always at least. Eight Concede. I'm not saying it was
1: good. <laughs> I think we hedged on that pretty. I don't know. That's man. fine. <laughs> but they, they, our hearts were in the right place, I think. And I like games that are more like. I mean, from a maybe it's probably Western design sensibility, but I do. Had we made that game, I would have been happy. That's what we wanted to do.
2: Well, you, like when the guy asked for feedback at the end, Sean, that was your feedback. Was I wish there was more of a narrative thread that kind of grounded this thing, or that there was at well, least more of a a or none. Yeah, because, no, I agree. Yeah, I agree. With yeah, yeah, it was because it, it the most jarring of, moment was. Yeah. I mean, it was crazy and like high tension for the reason I said earlier but when we did get into the second room it was really jarring that suddenly there's like Blood scrawled on the walls to form words and like a weird doll and like all this stuff. That it was the exact suddenly, moment where we
0: didn't want to be confused by anything narrative. Like, it was like, <laughs> but, Jesus, oh, we got like five minutes. Yeah, but, Lewis, like what? Who's <laughs> <laughs> Lewis? Yeah, so I don't face. care about this guy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I want to get into the. Yeah.
2: But that would have been less the case probably had there been a narrative thread we'd been following the well, whole sure, time. sure. Yeah. Right. Yeah, that would it have was been the, super exciting like yeah. at that point. Yeah, it was the felt like you knew that felt, who that guy was. Yeah, Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And like even the crossword was like, the crossword puzzle that we solved, which by the way, I was so happy to get to solve a crossword in a situation where like 10 other people <laughs> yeah, were benefiting that was from your it. Moment. Like, yeah, that was, it, it was like, <laughs> they, like fucking solving the New York Times crossword like, every day for <laughs> the last three years. Like, yes. I trained for this. <laughs> <laughs> um, but like the crossword was just printed on official like real room escape like letterhead paper not letterhead paper, yeah but like it, said, it just it had said escape from it the it. mysterious like, room crossword yeah like there was there was no attempt to <laughs> but like make the, that a physical artifact of the world that is exactly that, the,
3: like if this was the professor layton game and the puzzle popped up it would just say professor layton on the top no, screen no, of your exactly, ds in yeah. the middle of solving this puzzle yeah, right that's yeah. why
2: that's that was the thing that made yeah. me connected to that kind of brand of japanese game and it was uh i i agree it would have been cool if that was actually just a artifact of the but world. At you know, the same and time, less...
3: holy crap, just being able to live inside of that space as a real person with oh, no, other people. Oh, no, for sure. They're... It was amazing. Like, yeah. 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 I would recommend Completely it to anybody. Completely unique. It's, yeah. yeah.
2: yeah and if you
1: can muster nine other friends to do
2: it. Ten other friends.
1: It's it 11, 11 people, people. Oh, yeah. If you can get in a group of 11, I would say book okay. a whole one with 11 yeah. people because you'll yeah. probably yeah. succeed. You yeah, live, I think it's, it's tough because you, the first 30 minutes of it are just – Okay, which one of these people knows what the fuck they're doing?
2: Yeah, <laughs> you yeah, <know>? yeah. <laughs> like, it's really fascinating to see that kind of shake out.
3: Yeah. Know? The like, answer is not all of us. Also, let's just.
2: Yeah. <laughs> right. yeah. I feel yeah. like we each had at least one moment where we. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. But there were there were like leafing through that comic book. Like uh, both Nick and both I both Nick and I leafed a, through that <laughs> book. You guys got to tell that because that's incredible. Yeah. So I didn't understand there, that. W- I didn't the, know what had happened until after. There were the a few books wrote. in the room. There was a dictionary.
3: There yeah. was a comic book, and there was like a mystery thriller that was by someone named Archer, which ended up being relevant to the signs of the zodiac thing. But the the manga comic <laughs> book. Everyone looked through it, like I think trying to find like a circled, like I was looking through for like something circled in red ink or for a page that was torn out or yep. or for a piece of paper that was going to fall out.
0: Something written in it.
3: Yeah. And I think Nick also looked through it for the same thing. But I then, looked through it
0: at least two
1: times. But then someone three. else, you know, yeah, it was a girl. I was standing next to a girl and she she, was, she found a tiny dog-eared oh, page. Yeah, yeah. There was a tiny dog-eared page. That's she awesome because she, really, she
2: was really like reserved the whole time and like. I, that's awesome that I love that she had like the moment where she figured out the thing that guaranteed none of the rest of us would have. Yeah, no, that we would have never ever. gotten out of
1: the room yeah.
2: because she said, what do you think this is? And hands me
1: the manga. And I was like, okay, I'm just going to read. First off, I read all the bubbles. I'm looking at the bubbles. I'm like, Oh, there's nothing circled. These don't, these mm-hmm. dialogues don't really make any sense. And then I looked at the actual pictures and it was about a guy finding a secret journal, in a drawer, in a secret compartment that you had to open with like the tip of a ballpoint pen, and
2: I was like, <gasps> "What the wedge into the bottom and of the thing drawer?" You need yeah. to you need to, to contextualize this by saying right. this was like one page out of like a two hundred. Yeah, it was like a manga. it was like it a, wasn't a like a manga. one sheet that had no, this on no, it. No. This was mm-hmm.
1: imagine just a, a manga off the shelf, two hundred like pages, whole book, whole the whole book, book. in a dog eared
2: corner of about a quarter inch.
1: Yeah, and that was it. Like so multiple it was,
2: people looked through this and never gave never yeah, noticed yeah. that at all.
1: And it was awesome because you saw the characters in the manga like feeling underneath like they pulled a drawer out of a desk fell underneath the drawer and found a tiny pinhole and then the other guy turns to the guy and goes. You could use something thin and small like the inside of a pen to just put it into that hole and see what happens. And I was like, oh, my God. Are there any drawers in here that yeah. we haven't looked in? And then yeah, and the everybody most, just started that feeling it. That was the most it, outrageous
2: yeah. thing to me because I was standing over by the drawer that that ended up right. And out of nowhere, you were just like, do any of the drawers in here have a small hole that you can feel it? I was like, what? <laughs> <on?">
1: <laughs> and I was like, as I'm saying, I was like ripping a big pen apart, yeah, yeah. And bounding over and boop and, popped, and It, like, t- it yeah.
3: immediately like that's what cracked the puzzle
1: too because that's where we found the decoder
3: like we yeah. had all these other word clues we had no idea what they were for and then we got the cipher that they all lined up in yeah oh yeah. god that was and that was when it was like 10 minutes left god damn it like
1: yeah. we yeah. oh that was the best which brought us to a word which finally you and then you and i went that right was, back that the was the word that we like waterloo
3: we'd be, yeah, yeah we'd been looking up yeah. every word that we um, came across um, in the um, dictionary and there was no point <laughs> but then the word that was in the middle of this cipher was waterloo which took place in 1815, which was the four-digit combo for the lock we've been trying to get into the entire time, which then... Open up a goddamn room so if and you had play this another door. You can door. be a boss
2: and immediately yeah. just open the. Yeah. Don't go do door. that. Actually, yeah, don't basically don't because that. it's thirty dollars. <laughs> this is exactly th- what I was searching right. for before we started the game. It's, well, so it's funny. Nick, this asshole. D- I
0: wasn't like, doing it. In, I wasn't actually going to read anything. I was just curious if anybody put like a yeah. FAQ, you know, like you know, like a <laughs> walkthrough. <laughs> this,
1: but That's the thing right, is, it's, it's like, a thirty-dollar experience. A, it's worth it. But like, if you were to go with any knowledge, and you would just basically be robbing people. It's not fun. Thirty dollars. It'd be a one. But
3: this because of that because of the structure of this game. It's very much like the first Mist in that regard, where you yeah. spend yeah. that entire yeah, yeah, yeah. game trying to find the number of the. Or no, you're just trying to find the. Is it? I think it is just like
2: a number of pages. You you oh, yeah. page so you know the pattern to put in the elevator. Yeah. Yep. If you
3: know yeah. the right page number, you can yeah. beat yeah. Mist in like four screens. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> I don't remember yeah. the page number. Someone does. Right. So yeah, that yeah. was really cool. It was fun. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Speaking of Mist, we were playing Miasmada yesterday. Oh, my God. Oh, Thank you to man. the to
2: the many readers who have been badgering us for months yeah. to play this game because we finally all have now. Or at least yeah, have all really witnessed good. it being played. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, basically, we went from being trapped in
1: a room to Japanese food to, you guys want to go to a bar? Mm, why don't we just go sit around a computer and play Mia's Mata and drink? <laughs> 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 like yeah, like sure. old dorks. Yeah. and. Uh, Oh my gosh. It was really fun. Well, Chris and Nick had been playing it earlier.
3: You've been playing it the the other day. Yeah. 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 Well,
2: I had had loaded it up a week ago and played it for a while by myself and been like, oh, this is cool. I can see, you know, where this is going. Like, this is really awesome. But I didn't really put in the time enough to get sucked into it. And then um, yesterday, when Nick and I, or two days ago, I guess, when Nick and I loaded it up, it that that playthrough was like transcendent for yeah. me like it was amazing it was disaster it was that's why it was transcendent disaster. it was amazing and the I, the thing that i was is really interesting to me about this game is that it's so um it's so unforgiving and sort of so grounded in process in actual processes that you have to kind of internalize and uh almost get better at yeah. that it was actually really valuable. I thought in both instances to be playing it with multiple people present,
4: mm-hmm. um, oh, just, totally. just
2: having input. It was like playing an adventure game in, in that respect, except that it wasn't, it's not deterministic. Like it's not, it's, in adventure game, it's fun to play right, because you're all shooting out, you're all shouting out like just ideas to figure out what the one solution is. In this, it was like, well,
3: there's just all those like very specific small concepts or places that you found things or, or like what are you? Ta- or is that not what? Well, I mean, the even?
2: first time when Nick and I were playing it together, and neither of mm-hmm. us knew anything right about what that's to right, do. Right, there's like, just you know, a lot to take in and remember. That's yeah, very specific yeah. mm-hmm. rule wise. And uh, so it's for those who don't know what Miyazawa is, it's a it's a first person game that pretty incredibly was made in its entirety from the engine up uh, by two brothers over the course of four years. The brothers miasmata. <laughs> <laughs> they have the most generic names ever, Joe and Bob Johnson. Yeah. It's really hard to Google these guys. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Nick and I determined. Yeah. Uh, there are infinite numbers of each of those names on Moby Games, and pretty, almost none of them are the, – well, <laughs> none of them except for two are yeah, those guys. Yeah, there are a lot anyway, of red um, um, You wake up on this island, you know, video game and you are afflicted with a plague to which you must find the cure and you're able to synthesize plants and fungus that you find in the world into different medicines using like lab table equipment Mm yeah 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 uh taking advantage of yeah these lab stations that are set up throughout the world by this enclave of enlightened men or whatever they call them uh who that was their whole goal on this island was to find this cure. But like immediately within the first few minutes of the game, you find presumably one of those guys who's murdered with a knife in his back. And like, it's obvious that they didn't something something went went really wrong. Um, And that's not a spoiler because it happens immediately. Um, And the game has the whole thing. The whole game is just about figuring things out. Like there's that, which is all synthesizing medicine. But then the part that I really latched onto when Nick and I, we're playing was map triangulation the way that you the can best s- thing it's incredible yeah. if you like the in world map in Far Cry Two
3: you will go <laughs> fucking yeah. or and if you love like exploring spaces like a Minecraft server uh-huh. or something yeah, those yeah. Two oh, yeah. Things, totally totally combining those two really things is because yeah. you oh it has the in world map that pops up like Far Cry Two but then you you explore spaces that you haven't yet mapped to find landmarks mm-hmm. and then. You triangulate them relative to previous landmarks that you have found, and then your guy is able to just pencil in the rest pencil of the in to map, scale yeah. the parts of the map that you've since traversed or that lie in between those points. So, oh man, starting off with that tiny dot, like the size of a dime, on this huge piece of paper, and just knowing yeah. Yeah. how much more world—and it's, left it's is cool, just like crazy. There
2: are multiple ways to expand your map. One of which is to find. Like, d- like just drawn. Oh yeah, you also find other people's maps people that, people that you have have can map. copy. So that's in. how you get started. Yeah, is by finding just a fragment of a map that just you get that for free basically, um, and then you can only tr- it's it keeps you honest because you can only triangulate from a landmark if you actually have that landmark on your map. Otherwise, you don't know where to start the line right. the, the angle from yeah. which is really cool like that's legit so you have to keep uh,
3: building out relative to your start
2: point yeah, yeah but the thing you can do that i think is really fascinating that nick and i um sort of hit upon was if you obviously to triangulate you need multiple landmarks because you need to be able to draw an intersection between two vectors but um if even if you only have one in your sights and you don't know where you are because unless you're unless you're using a like a particular um, piece of medicine that gives you this ability. Like most of the time when you're playing, if you open up your map, like you don't know where you are on the map, it's like a real map, it's just a map. Um, but if you do see a landmark that you know the location of because you've mapped that landmark already, you can draw an angle from that based on like you're, you have a compass, like based on uh the nothing but a single vector and a landmark, and then you know, well, I must be somewhere along this vector yeah. on the map, and you don't know where. But you can say everything on this vector is southwest of where I'm trying to go. I guess I need to go northeast somewhere. And yeah. like the the ability of the game systems to allow you to engage in that kind of actual re- like spatial reasoning I think is amazing. And you have to really well, internalize that, uh, that attitude to navigating the world.
0: The end result of all that is that you are basically just terrified of leaving your little base yeah. for like, an obscene period of time. And, the, the, I mean, the, the great thing about it, too, is that the mechanics, like, you know, we haven't talked about the movement, but the, the, way, yeah. <laughs> the, the way the movement works in this game is phenomenal. Like, the, it's, mo- it's momentum-based, and, um, and there's, like, a lot of... Uh, By
3: momentum-based, you mean, like, yeah. when you're walking up a hill... Your guy actually slows down because you have to trudge up a hill. Takes bigger footsteps. Takes bigger footsteps, heavier steps. When you're going down a hill, you sort of start getting like the the
0: skittish, like the skitty, pattering. Feet feet. Or
3: your guy will actually start sliding. Yeah. And if you go down too extreme of a hill, you'll to lose control and he him, actually no. tumbles over and you get
0: dizzy. Yeah, first. So you're just sort of gingerly picking your way around the like periphery of your camp. Yeah. The, kind the, of trying to figure out what to do. I don't. know I'm picking up plants
3: and like no, you can sort of sprint and and quickly scale up a really yeah, quick yeah, yeah. hill the way that you could in real life. Yeah. But like well, you know, and then you the,
0: fall on a cliff and get a fever. Yeah. You're just the thing that
2: and so. The the movement like you could a, a lot of parts of this game are obviously not designed with the with ideal smooth playability in mind right like that's not a goal of this game in any way shape or form uh, and so you could imagine a version of this game in which the movement system is actually just irritating because it's slightly debilitating like it keeps right. you from being able to do also, what you can and most there of are the people who will with, find this you,
3: game incredibly irritating because it's oh yeah debilitating. no no
2: ab- absolutely yeah. Um, uh, you know, like in most video games, you can just run up a hill and it's fine. Like it makes no difference. In fact, Jake, as you pointed out yesterday, in a lot of video games, you actually run up hills faster than you run across a flat plane because all you're doing is getting x. Uh, it's only like covering x distance speed. relative it's, to the to the flat ground. Right. Even though so you're, like guy's you're climbing. getting height for free, yeah. you're getting like the hypotenuse for free. Um, but in this game, the combination of the movement mechanics that actually take terrain and angle into like terrain and incline into account. Combined with the fact that you really do need to be careful about how far a field you get because the map isn't just going to do all that uh, location work for you. That means when I was playing the game, I really, really, really wanted to stay on the path as often as I could. Yeah. Like I had to really have a good reason to leave the path. And that's fascinating because that's something that is true of being in the wilderness for real. Like even if you're just on a nature trail that's really well documented, like – even though there's not – even though as humans with like shoes and, you know, uh, in a bright daytime, like we're perfectly capable of just walking through the brush and nothing – almost certainly nothing bad's going to happen. But you don't. You stick to the trail because it's just that much more secure and understood well, most yeah. of the time. Even
3: when you're out – like I used to do like backpack in the Sierras. You'd make – the notion of going cross-country is a very conscious choice and it yeah. sucks. Yeah. Yeah.
2: And I, and I like that this game through, just through its, its systems <laughs> and not through any kind of like invisible wall or zone system or anything just naturally made me trepidatious of straying too far off the path. I think Your fear really of
3: it cool. was ingrained to the point that when Sean kept walking off the trail, like, stay on the trail! Don't <laughs> trust me, trust yeah. me, stay yeah. on the trail. That was a little playthrough
0: <laughs> was very different. That was a little different. Yeah. Maybe, but yeah. Sean was very methodical at first. At first, and then I
1: got too big for my britches. Yeah. Well, I did too, but that's you, exactly you, what happened But I, I stayed... Yeah. Uh, well, yeah. What happened was, and it's exactly what would happen to me in real life, which was, I, I was really methodic and sort of turtled my way forward, felt really good about the game. I was like, oh, this, game, I'll, oh, oh, this game's easy. And then... Um, just move forward, get a little bit more on the map. Move forward, get a little bit more on the map. And then I saw a landmark that enti- enticed me. Was that, it
2: that sort of Aztec-looking ruin? No, it was that. No, no, not yet. Okay. The first
1: one was the head that was on the island. Oh, yeah, sure. Right? Yeah. So I was like, oh, I'll just follow. Like big like, I can't get lost statue. if I follow the, the coastline. I'll just follow the coastline, and then I'll get out to the head. No problem. It'd take longer, but I knew I couldn't get lost if I followed the coastline. So I did that. And then I couldn't get all the way out to uh, to that head. So I went, ah, oh, bummer. And then I kind of looked back over to my right and went, oh, there's something interesting over there. And went up a hill and then came up over a rise. And there were these like Aztec ruins that didn't have paths but had stairs like you would imagine. Like there was structure. Like a yeah. yeah. And I was instantly enticed by this structure. So I proceeded to get lost within the structure. <laughs> Didn't know how to get back to the coast, or I was off the map and didn't know how to get anywhere. And then the sun went down, and I went fuck. Which is exactly <laughs> the sun what, going down in this game is terrifying. Which is incredible. exactly it's, what would yeah. happen to me in real life. That's right. ex- I would be like, oh, this place is gr-. like I would just sort of have a methodical plan that knew I knew it was safe. Right. Look over my right shoulder and be like, well, what the fuck is that? Get enticed. and then yeah, getting <laughs> yeah. enti- tight It's
2: like yeah. I got lost in in um, Cedar Point, which is a uh, a uh, like roller coaster. Wow, I was just having a conversation about Cedar Point with Double Fine employees yesterday.
1: I got lost there when I was six, and it was exactly like this. Yeah. As my dad, I was like, Dad, can I go over and look at that thing? He's like, Yeah, I just go over there. And then I was at the thing, and I went, Well, what the fuck is that? <laughs> and I took like <laughs> 40 steps one way, and I was lost for like four hours. Yeah. As a six year old, lost for four hours is like oh, a big, big fucking yeah. deal <laughs> <That's> <laughs> for all parties, yeah, yeah, all yeah. of your life. <laughs> yeah. 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 No, but uh, it felt exactly like that, and it was in a game system because the moment the sun went down, I went, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't, is it worth well, talking about yeah, what happened we? to me? I almost don't want to I don't talk want to about spoil it. it. You know really, what but I don't want to talk about it either because it was such a surprise yeah, given yeah. the system. It's totally worth it. Yeah, given One, sub- one thing give, that yeah. is worth just putting
3: out there is Miyazmata basically does Every single thing that we constantly say
2: that we wish oh my God. a video yep. game would do. do. Yep. Yeah, Some of which painful. we haven't talked about yet for spoiler yeah. reasons because like. it's important that you – But I mean it's just the number of things over the last few years since launching Idle Thumbs in 2008 or since launching the podcast specifically. The number of discussions we've had where we're like, I really like how this game does this. Why isn't this explored more? Or man, this makes me think, what if a game took this system but – did this crazy thing right with it. i mean this game nails
3: a lot of that it's stuff. very clearly a game made by two people like yeah. if you oh, haven't sure. played yeah, it or yeah. looked at it like it does not it's like it's not on the scale of like a far cry game no, or something no, 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 no. even though it is a crazy open a mean, world it's
2: jungle systemically more complex but yeah, in but some way in some ways
1: polish and polish and yeah. visual aesthetics it's yeah. it's got a lot of yeah.
3: crustiness uh-huh, sure. going on like there are little here, things that rough. are
2: probably
1: going to frustrate you like picking up stuff your kind of your inventory mechanic is a little funky yeah um yeah i got just Although you can when walk you around get with a bouquet of flowers. I got actually nice. like legitimately stuck. I couldn't jump over. A yeah, that was weird. Mm. Little, little things, things, like, things that. like that. Like there's, yeah. gonna, there's a fit and finish. Right. A, a fit and finish that you're used to with yeah. a first person game on an island. That you're given
3: that first-person <laughs> right, <yeah>. games on <laughs> islands are, in fact,
1: the polished
3: benchmark well, of PC yeah, gaming. Exactly. You know what's
2: so frustrating, though, about games that broadly fit in this category? And, like, when I say broadly, I mean really broad. Like, I would include Far Cry 2 in this I'd thing. I'd include like Crisis Games too. all over the place. But even a game like Crisis, for that matter. Just yeah. any game that attempts to take a really large location and let the player kind of loosen it is that the more fit and finish you have, it's very frustrating. And I don't think there's anything that makes this a law of nature, but it does happen to just work this way a lot of the time. Games that do actually have that fit and finish tend to sand away a lot of the things that end up making something like Miya's really, really exactly. Yeah, Yeah, I was just going to say It's really, really hard to make. And I don't think impossible. I think someone absolutely could do it, but it's almost unheard of for a game to – and I think that's honestly one of the reasons – we find Far Cry 2 so fascinating as for all of its, you know, numerous flaws, is it seems like a better marriage of those two things mm-hmm. than than most games. You know, like yeah. it's it's not nearly as uncompromising as Miyamoto, as Miyazmata in certain ways, but way more so than any right. game that's polished to, in that specific way to that degree. You know? Right.
1: It's just, I can imagine it being tough going from the travert, like traversal in Far Cry 3 is, I mean, it doesn't have the uphill downhill sort of Stuff that you have in um yeah. in Mia's mana. although when you get on hills in Far Cry Three and you do sort of like slide down, mm-hmm. yeah, and just the clamoring and just that stuff in Far Cry Three is really goddamn. No, it good. is really cool. It's yeah. really good. So but, like it's gonna it's it could be a jarring jump to go from that to Mia's Mana, mm-hmm. but deal with it.
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, mo- <laughs> what's funny is that it. movement actually might be one of the areas where it is actually a lot harder. To really marry the the fit and finish and the uncompromising nature because so much of what is interesting about Mia's Miazmada's movements system is that it it doesn't exist just to enable you. Whereas in Far Cry three it basically does. Right. Like, right. It doesn't mean it's not interesting yeah. in Far Cry three, yeah. but like where do you draw the line between jankiness and sort of deliberate non power right, where, where does where does
3: like, split split the line between actually trying to infer your intent and let you express it in the game versus telling you actually you're having a lot of trouble climbing here right, actually right. your guys falling yeah, yeah. you're trying to get up this hill but you can't yeah. but it kind of feels like you can but yeah. that's not the game saying it's impossible mm-hmm. you know like mm-hmm. And I think there's I, a certain atti-
2: I think there's a certain attitude to game design and there's something to be said there's something to be said for it certainly that enabling the player is synonymous with Polish and right. You know, right. Like, I, I, no, mean, that, I think that's, if, that's not, definitely that, that 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 if you're not, there's that idea that if you're not
1: having design. fun, if you don't feel like a powerful right. actor in the world, then the game isn't good. Right. And I mean, we, we've obviously taken issue with that a lot on the podcast, but, yeah. but I, I mean, I, you'll, you take that. Oh God.
2: That and, idea there, there seems, mean, and there's a, well, and there's even, there's a force that works towards that. That feels almost irrespective of whether an individual designer feels that way. Like if you're working on a game past a certain size and budget, like there's just – I feel like there's just natural pressure that exists at the institutional level to move things in that direction. Because things like playtesting will just bit that I also think want that, to that right, it's,
3: it's also worth pointing out that it's a matter of scale to a certain degree. Mm-hmm, like in Miyazmata, yep. the scale of climbing over a small hill is an important deal. That's the designers – that's like – it's not means to an end. It is the end. Like the act of, a, of climbing a hill is important – to me as motto. Whereas in Far Cry 3, it is means to an end. You're getting to the next waypoint. You're getting to the next mission. You're getting to the object that you're going to. You're traversing Mm -hmm. space. You know, like, it's, so, you know, it's, I'm not, I'm not saying that to discount what you're saying, but I think that it is worth pointing out that it is, it's fair, it would be fair to say that it's a deliberate choice to smooth it out versus not. Like, I mean, I I don't know what I mean. I'm not arguing with anyone, but I just, No, no, I know. But yeah. I think,
2: but I think part of what your part of your point of what you're saying, and you're, I think you're right, you're completely right about this the scale thing. As um, I think, part of what's included in that institutionalized push towards that certain kind of game design is the notion of always having a goal, like always having a point B that you know you're right, trying part, to get to. Right part now,
3: part of me motto, which is different than even like Far Cry Two, unless you force yourself to be a person who doesn't who who does this, but part of Miasmata is deliberately just it is about the journey. It is about mm-hmm. the walking. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um so I, I think, yeah, one's instinct would be be annoyed that walking is hard, but that you just have to then say, well, if you're not mm-hmm. enjoying the walking, you probably yeah. should not be playing
2: this game. Yeah. Right. That's a really good point. Yeah. And that actually leads directly into a thing that I was talking about with Nick last night, actually after we left your guys' apartment, which is that Miasmata, in its dedication, to that level of that sort of scale of the experience um, that sort of zoomed in scale where even the idea of walking up a hill is unto itself an experience. Um, that means that like the playthrough that I had with Nick, uh, not playthrough, but, you know, play session, which was, I don't know, two hours long, maybe. Yeah. Um, and then the other one we had with Sean, which was probably another roughly two hours, I, right? Is that yeah, yeah, I about yeah, same, a little yeah. more? Um, those, they were radically different. Like in mine, I was just super captivated by the map triangulation stuff. So all of the good and bad decisions I made kind of flowed out from that. So I got – I was like getting further and further afield. Like Nick and I got super obsessed with like parsing information on the map fragments we would find mm-hmm. and like getting to those points and, and marking landmarks left and right. Like we – that was just what informed all the things we were doing whereas Sean in your case – you were like making a lot more medicine than we made. You were finding new plant species. Like you were, – there were different f- sort of forces mm-hmm. that, were, that were the impetus for things we we're doing. And so in – the in, and that as in a good game, like this is right. what a good game should do, that had significant impact on the kind of emotional arc of each of our playthroughs. Like yeah. the, the experience of the fictional guy who we're controlling, who's running around this world, was radically different when Nick and I played versus where you played like Man. the the moments of panic and like the moments of discovery and surprise came at totally different times and mm-hmm. usually were the result of totally different things yeah um, and that's and the thing that is fascinating to me about that is that I feel like in each of those cases in those 2 hour chunks we each had really fleshed out full interesting game arcs that they were not standalone unto themselves yeah like well yeah one that weren't assigned and two, because there wasn't like this omnipresent. Here's your next main quest, or like here's a site. They were allowed to stand on their own as experiences that someone just ha- like this guy had on an island, and that was just a thing unto itself. And like to connect this back to last week's discussion that Jake you started about, it's hard for me to get more than an hour or two in a game because I feel like nothing. I was about to start talking about that too. Yeah, had, right. Yeah. Like in this case, well, yeah, I'll finish. I'll wrap up into one or two sentences. I was going to say one go. very specific thing, but it's okay. Um, the in these two playthroughs, that first hour or two, what was a full, complete, fascinating, interesting experience unto itself even though we never even penetrated very far into like the critical path or the main story or whatever happens. And I thought that was amazing. Mia's does a fantastic job of teaching you about
3: whatever it is that you want to learn in the first couple in the first hour or two entirely systemically. That was amazing Mm. to me. Like, this game doesn't have the notion of a waypoint but the, right at the edge of the draw distance you can see a super interesting object and when you roll over it the space in the center of the screen turns into an arrow pointing to it with a question mark on it there's no waypoints in this game, there's no mission objectives but just yeah. seeing an interesting thing in the game just putting a question mark over it in the you UI sort of, you
2: sort of create your own
0: natural that immediately just makes yeah. you go, I've got to it's get really there it's really sophisticated like overall you, design you, for, you, and you yeah, don't expect it at all like really you, I mean, you, walk, you,
3: you walk into that hut though and then like that's that's sort of the beginning of the world navigation system is seeing yeah. that the, the thing out there in the beginning of sort of tr- world traversal waypoint stuff but then alternatively if you walk into the hut you see the two things that are the combination table and the item investigation table and if you place anything that you have on on the investigation table like anything you've harvested out in the world your guy looks up journal information about it and you learn its properties And the, or he, that, sketches or he, like he sketches right it he sketches it yeah account. and you learn and that immediately just shows you oh if maybe you can combine this with another thing to craft something and then you look right next to it and there's a crafting table Yeah, like you don't it doesn't tell you anything, but it tells you everything. It's so. Yeah. It's, and there's there's it's also so
2: there's also to um, before any of that. What's funny to me about this is that the beginning of the game is actually incredibly heavy-handed with just straight up text box tutorialization. Like, when you you can get... Oh, that's true. With, in the first 10 or 15 minutes, depending on, on how fast you kind of just slam through the the introductory part, which can go really fast, or you could theoretically just ignore it entirely if you wanted to, the game just pops up a lot of just white on black text boxes that just say, this is an observation table, this is a storage bin, like, this is this. And you... And it's... On the one hand, it's really unsophisticated and really just kind of in your face and kind of and sort of an annoying type of tutorialization. But on the other hand, it's information that given who this guy is, like he's clearly some kind of botanist or like scientist or yeah. some sort. Or naturalist, yeah. I can – I. it's totally, completely – the game felt like it earned the right to just say, look, this is stuff this guy would just know. Just read it once. Now you know. But From this point on – At like, the same time,
3: even if you are me and I was sitting far enough back and need glasses enough that I didn't read that stuff, mm-hmm. just looking over Sean's shoulder into the scene, I knew he had that plant in his hand. There was a little table there that said investigation table with a scalpel and a microscope next to it. I knew like you clicked on it and the guy set the flower down and investigated it and the journal popped up like – yeah. yeah. Oh no, for sure. Yeah. I, it was just, I just Low don't want to like
2: really gloss over the fact that they do have just straight up text yeah. to screen. Like, I, yeah. I really liked the things. treatment of it.
3: It was really yeah. classic and clean. Yeah. The thing that I have to talk about for a second is the dude, <laughs> the dude himself, who we know nothing about, <laughs> but who <laughs> I Robert Hughes. Yes. Like maybe just because I am a person who likes diegetic UI a lot, I'm a person who makes a lot of. stupid game UI that's really prop-heavy. The story of this guy through the user interface (laughs) is fascinating. (laughs) It's really good. Because he is like, you put the plant down, and then, yeah, he draws a picture of it. He writes all of its properties perfectly. Like, it's not because all of the UI is in-world. Like, this guy carries a three-ring notebook with him through the entire game, which not only does he use to include all of his research material, but also when you... (laughs) <laughs> when you use the crafting table and combine the different things together to, like, to make yourself aspirin. By things you mean
1: flowers. Yeah, when, stuff, you combine, you know, when you combine plants. flowers.
3: it's Yeah, plants. When you combine plant life together to make medicine – not only does he fabricate pills which are perfectly round and have the, the line oh, down the middle of them for making yeah. like half dose, I guess, yeah. but he also then apparently because when they sh- when they, when you open up your journal and see them in your UI, There's a left pocket, they're tucked into a left pocket yeah. in a little baggie with a rope coming off of it with a cut little angular like like <laughs> druggist label that has the name written on it, which implies to me that this guy off camera and it because it fades in and out a little bit, yeah, the yeah, crafting yeah. sequence is a little bit montagey. It yeah. implies to me that this. Guy's like super medicine, and then, like, he, <laughs> he then goes and finds a little bag and yeah. then makes a little bespoke label and twine. Like, he's a yeah. very really artisanal guy, actually. Yeah. Yeah. No, he's, he's like uh, a
1: fucking hipster with, like, <laughs> yeah, with, yeah, with an avocado. Yeah. yeah. yeah.
3: yeah. So, <laughs>
2: Oh Chris, your face! Oh no, you're just ruining <laughs> the, the game, game for, for Chris. That's oh, oh, not, m- no. that <laughs> not like, a modern hipster. It's the actual version of this guy from like the 1800s, right? Who yeah, just is yeah. That <laughs> proper about right. like that's just how he conducts his right, life. But he exists True. clearly right. in
3: modern times based on the equipment that's there. It's I, I don't I don't yeah. read it as a hipster thing. I just read it as like he's making the fastidious like guy. just with all yeah. the
1: stuff he has there. I always always feel like it's like going to like the the farmers market or going to like the Embarcadero Center and buying a cheese. That has a perfect yeah. like like cardboard <laughs> wrapper thing on it with like like there's a well, right because a wax but that's stamp. Just
2: that's, <laughs> that's just because in the bullshit place that we happen to live, that's what the touchstone for sure. that. But <laughs> but then, that's not
1: because the other
2: history, amazing, nobody did that the shit other, until well in San my version Hister of this game
3: like,
1: <laughs> he has an
3: Etsy the, um, <laughs> and this is surely again just because like well that stuff is because the guys who made the game are clearly just a well that's de- what that's what's great detail attentive yeah. obsessive yeah. guys because this is literally this is a game that is just. Like,
2: everything is the details. So, their character, also his UI, were like. The fact that they bothered to make their own engine from scratch. Yeah. They didn't need to do that, clearly. But, But (laughs) like, that's (laughs) the kind of guy they are. And I love that the game that results. From those guys' yep. imagination yeah. and skills is this is except right. except God, we
1: gotta get those guys on the podcast. Yeah, I know. Well, well, except what on. would you do? Of course, you would just do that. There's... You bundle up all your medicine <laughs> and you'd write on it. Come on, <laughs> <Right>. this is <laughs> all,
2: set all just
0: put or... down on the table. It would be just so disorganized. <laughs> well, you, you, could just well, you
2: could imagine like <laughs> you could imagine someone a certain type of person in this fictional scenario. Just it's a pocket full of pills, well, just, just the, flowers sticking out well, of his you Cry this stuff down saying, and then do like no, a powder, but, I'm saying but you like, don't need to then formulate like, a pill out of it. You're in this <laughs> fucked up place, like the first human you find is recently, clearly very recently killed with a knife sticking out of his back. Like you're fucked. You just had to like you you're gonna do anything you can to retain. As many elements of civilization, like order and and cleanliness, like if you know got
1: what I mean? like, He tuck a napkin into
3: yeah. his shirt. <laughs> that's what I'm that's what <laughs> I'm imagining. You know what I
2: mean? Like that's sure. that's my I, image of this it's, guy. It's
3: it's, <laughs> I, it's not actually what I feel like when I'm playing the I game. But whenever that like UI stability. comes up, I yeah. can't I can't not just yeah. Even though you know that like obviously like that UI, even though it paints a really goofy picture narratively. Is incredibly readable. It's really fun, oh, right, like of really cool yeah, yeah, in the world. Like yeah. the page turns are all actually like animated, yeah. full, beautiful yeah. things. But man, if you if you for half a second think, what person would
2: make this? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's so weird. Oh, but well, the, uh, I love the the water bottle hanging off of yeah. It. He's also got yeah, a water bottle belt hanging belt off his journal. That, like, like it's really he's up, just whole, I've invented the most like yeah, the, the whole perfect contraption r- is hilarious. Just yeah,
3: scientific observational contraption like yeah for yeah. the enlightened man on the right. go yeah, or whatever. Exactly. The the one other detail that that throws the mental picture of this guy out of whack is, oh, yeah. is probably because again this is made by two guys and you never see your own guy but if you, swing, exactly the, you're if you swing the camera too far over <laughs> you see that he's not he doesn't have sleeves and it just makes you think that this guy is naked like the two yeah. hand models yeah, just go he's not a naturalist he's a naturist <laughs> <laughs> the thing that now I'm picturing in terms of this guy being just like a douchey hipster guy is that he oh, just God. has like a vest and no shirt <laughs> and then he just has the most fucked stupid beard and, yeah, and an uh, annoying yeah. ass ironic hat like this guy's just a fucking shit. Apparently, <laughs> God, just a yeah. doucher. But he does know how to make really like he's yeah. he's you know you, you can live live look at him and you just look at him you're like ugh, just fucking lay about hipster And then someone's like no 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 dude that guy can make his own like pharmacy grade medicine.
2: He's <laughs> a PhD. He's got chemistry. a meticulously <laughs> meticulously curated lab with specimens cataloged. Like- yeah,
3: <laughs> yeah, but. When we first noticed those nude arms, it's really, it like, wait a minute. Why do not? I Why not? look to the right again? In circles, just to find, <laughs> what the, is this? find the flesh boundary. I, I don't think our like guy's her. wearing any clothes. <laughs> I think it's just a it naked, like a mud-covered actually. man shivering with disease, m- mapping things wildly. But he also has a wristwatch. <laughs> oh, that's and A, true. a wrist watch and a You're not naked. Yeah, if you're wearing a watch. Right. So yeah, when Nick and I true. were playing,
2: I remember, like, when we were, because I didn't know anything about this game at all. And and we were um, other than like I had loaded it up for a couple of minutes, and you you realize that you know you're, you're it's a PC game, so your primary inputs are keyboard and mouse, obviously. And the WASD is waz, It moves you around like always. And then the on waz the mouse, left click. Like when you first start the game, left click doesn't do anything because it's use item, and you have nothing in your hand yet. And then right click is both hands come up. You see a wristwatch on your left hand and a compass in your right hand, and you're like, oh my god, my primary <laughs> this, input is device, on. <laughs> this is fucking on. This is this is like one of two. Primary first level inputs is wristwatch and compass in real time in world. This game, yeah, this is serious (laughs) shit that I'm embarking on here. (laughs) <laughs> That's like interface design communicating intent in just the most upfront way. And
3: it was. Although Sean's
2: immediate use for it was to try
3: and use the two hands <laughs> to shield himself from the sun. Yeah. Yeah, right. No, it was when I <laughs> no, saw, it the was when you saw the body. I saw the body. I brought my hands up. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, I can't look at this. I mustn't.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah so I did game, instantly look good. to see what time it was and if the sun was rising or setting in the east or west. Mm-hmm. And yeah. then I went and, when, totally and okay. tried to figure out where I was. Like, like what hemisphere you were on and Yeah. I was like, <laughs> what season is it? Therefore, yeah. where is it? Yeah. And all that yeah. stuff lines right up. It was great. I did that like the first minute. Yeah, oh, yeah. It's a good game. He's not yeah, to really play it. Also, play, yeah, it's like, like $15 on Steam. Go buy this game. Like we yeah. said,
3: we're also n- leaving quite a lot of this game out of this discussion because we don't want f- yeah. to
2: yeah. fuck it up
0: for you. Yeah. 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 There's a lot of tension in this game that we didn't there, really There really is. It's not just a like a happy-go-lucky. It, like, kind of this right. game is
2: intense. This is not I
1: just forgot. It's more legit
2: survival horror than 95% of the games that are called that because survival is actually involved in a really tangible way. God, and the horror so many... is legit. Yeah, <laughs> like...
3: it really is. There is a meats, meets, meats meets analogy that I really want to make, but I, I feel like people will declare it disingenuous. What? But it really Ste- it feels like Far Cry 2 meets Minecraft meets Amnesia to oh, me. Oh, sure. Like, yeah. that's yeah. fully the three games that I think I of when I'm I don't know what meets, 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 meets was. I just thought of steak.
2: <laughs> <laughs> <I'm> <laughs> yeah, so I, I, I have no idea what you're going for there. What I'm mean. saying meets. is
3: miasmata: meets, oh. meets, meets,
2: meets. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Artisanal butchery. Artisanal meets, meets. I think I don't think you ever said explicitly, but I think you were intending to convey and our readers probably all picked up what you meant, but um, was the idea of exploring a Minecraft server, like seeing these crazy yeah, yeah. Like landmarks in the like world. Like when we
3: did map. that Saturday stream and we were all lost in the jungle, then suddenly someone's like, by the way, you're standing on the arm of a giant statue that's yeah. like covered in moss. And you turned around and it's, whoa, this huge face yeah. was behind you. <laughs> like, whoa. Yeah. That plus, I mean, also the way that world exploration and crafting works in this feels closer to mm-hmm. Minecraft mm-hmm. to me than a lot of other things. The way that you uncover the map yeah. and the way that the, the really sort of,
1: passive but very survival Incredibly essential importance. crafting yeah. Yeah. yeah anyway i don't know yeah. games this yeah. Is a cool game. yeah i thought you were gonna say passive but deadly <laughs> <laughs> that's free. we should take a break now no, also let's a, let's go break. Yeah, yeah i just released a passive but deadly <laughs> <open> the <laughs> that's out. it's january 16th
4: 2013
3: and it's twenty
2: thirteen. That was last week. It was though. last
1: week. It's Dishonored New Year's. Oh
3: no, those jokes,
2: jokes <laughs> are over.
1: <laughs> dishonored. N-Y-E. N-Y-E. It's Dishonored Black History Month. <laughs> There's no black people in Dishonored. I'm just kidding.
2: Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs>
3: <laughs> oh nick self-immolates and smashes out of the
2: window Video
4: game.
2: so for the second week in a row hover.com wizard has been kind enough to sponsor our podcast so thanks yeah yeah i actually made a hover account
1: and moved my domains and i but i don't where know did you i don't go, know where did
2: you go to do that
1: Hover.com slash wizard, please. Please. Yeah. That's the only place that does it on the internet. That's the only <laughs> it's way in you fact can. Like the only
2: it. domain Yeah, I mean, well last week
1: <laughs> I didn't Like we said, oh, register your domains there, but transferring them was super duper easy and saved me like ten bucks a year or twenty bucks a year. And it was great. It's awesome. I really like it a lot. It sounds like there's a gun on my back. <laughs>
3: yeah, you like over your don't shoulder when you said <laughs> no, I, I don't know how to it's advertise the, things. The, the experience that you had was apparently good enough that when we were at lunch the day that you did it, you were just like, "Oh man, I totally moved my domains. You should move your domains. Who are you using? Who are you using? Oh, yeah, daddy Oh, yeah, duster It's just, you know, it just press a button. It does. It just gives you a code and it just moves it over. Why haven't you done it yet? It's like, oh, we're eating lunch. It was,
2: it was, it was, it was ridiculous. The guy with the gun is still behind. i Sean <laughs> Sean, like, uh, who's that yeah, guy in the back seat? I I did say that it's nobody is no <laughs> one important at all hover.com slash wizard go there now
3: <laughs> but yeah um <laughs> the best thing about last week's hover.com slash wizard sponsorship is that we apparently did inspire some readers to make some switches such as notable domain it will blow you away ign.com which redirects to out of was registered at hover.com slash wizard or was transferred there oh. that was good so it will blow you away ign.com uh, venuspatrol.com dot the mistype like domain squatting <laughs> yeah. domain, yeah. was also registered by uh, our reader. N
2: i s Patrol
1: slash <laughs> Wizard also provides you micro beefs with Brendan Boyer for five seconds
2: <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you should go to Venus V e n i s Patrol if you haven't seen it. Jake yeah. Jake kindly donated a what new reader was that? Joel to- Joel McCoy. Yeah, Joel yeah. McCoy. Thanks, Joel yeah. McCoy. Yeah. That's. It's got a good good website on it right now. Yeah, Yeah.
3: we put something together for that because
1: it was too funny (laughs) to me. Um, There's also the potential that reader Wikipedia Brown may may be redirecting. (laughs) Xxx <laughs> that may be being transferred with Hover.com slash wizard, yeah. which is... We, we heard
2: promise was, on the phone. It's going to be yeah, a big get for us. Whisper's in the air. He, he, wasn't he, he wasn't sure Wieners.XX. whether or not he should even
1: keep the domain, but I think we all know,
3: including you, dear readers, that we cannot let Wieners.xxx Wieners.XX. fall into the wrong hands. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, please encourage, encourage <laughs> Wikipedia Brown on the idle forums to use hover.com slash wizard to transfer wieners.xxx into their control I hope nobody yeah. from hover listens to this <laughs> I, think, <laughs> I, think I think that it's they might. part of their contract that they will that's not good. it's whatever <laughs> it's a great service and people have been
1: using it for well, really You can helpful register, stuff you can register .xxx domains on hover.com slash wizard that's true so I guess they know Yeah, they, yeah. Know this, they know wieners are know the fine folks at two cows somewhere. are not without a sense of humor yeah. Chris <laughs> we,
3: we did discover that they don't they don't have a deal with the Christmas islands so we couldn't move cx over to them mm. but wieners.xxx is supported fortunately so yeah. um also regular domain also- <laughs> names
2: <laughs> Goatee. Goatee. x is also not a bad like, alternative
1: we have to uh, register that before this podcast goes live. that's true otherwise yeah, yeah. we can use otherwise my hover gone. account oh man
2: <laughs> it is just
1: super nice like it is like a really clean dashboard. It's like it looks like it, it has modern graphic design, like yeah. a website of today, and not like every other right. horrible. No, it's just
2: nice you go there, and it just, just doesn't make you shitty stress out by yeah, looking yeah, at it.
3: Yeah, but I was mostly pleased that Sean was able to do legitimate use of it, and then our readers were able to just do
2: horrible things to do illegitimate. So use it, of it. It, yes,
1: It's su- it supports all user types apparently, all use cases.
2: But I don't know if I
1: had a bunch of domains, like it would. It feels, like, really good for that. It like, yeah. feels like that would stress me out on another so website. So we have
2: no idea if Hover is going to sponsor us ever again after this. <laughs> but <laughs> if they do, sometime in the future, uh, we'll round up a list of domains that readers have transferred using hover.com slash wizard. Transferred or registered, for that matter. Yeah. So if you have um, anything that's, that needs to be read on this
1: podcast, uh, let us
2: know. Yeah. yeah. No, also, gar- no if- guarantees that this will ever happen again because <laughs> – it's, I wouldn't bet on it. On that note, this, though, but
3: it's worth saying if you are planning on registering a domain in the next week or so or if you've got domain names that you haven't like and want a really good interface for them and want to support out of thumbs, please do your business do through <laughs> yeah. hover.com slash wizard. We would really appreciate the hell out of it, yeah, as, I, yeah. as I'm sure would also – I'm sure that link will Two would cows, <laughs> makers of your favorite download mirrors Oh, wait. Are, are you talking 90s. about
2: the ultimate collection of WindSock software? Yes. Oh, I love that website.
3: Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. Hover.com slash wizard. Yeah. Good guys,
2: mm-hmm.
3: especially at that URL only.
2: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. hover slash bombcast or whatever. That's so. No, like do
3: Is it reader mail time? No, no we're uh, back. It's tropical. It's yeah, tropical. It's, it's tropical, tropical the tropical four. Yeah,
2: uh, tropical ten the heist minutes caper. <laughs>
0: Are we really? Ba- we're talking about Tropico now. We're yeah. Back. Okay, are, we're yeah back well, we back are the, now. We are the Tropical Four. <laughs> <I know.
2: laughs> and Nick, you are a leader. Yeah. Let's start with the talk, a talk of uh, Tropico Four.
0: Yeah, yeah. Man in charge. Yeah. I've been playing a lot of Tropico Four. Boss Tropic. Did it's you play Tropico Three? I did not. I, oh, played, okay. I played the original Tropico. Oh, interesting. Um, okay. But I, I honestly couldn't remember anything about it when I started playing. When I started playing Four. Yeah. Um. So it was sort of fresh. Yeah. There are a few things I'll, I'll say about Tropico Four. Uh, it's really polished. Like this is a fantastic game, and I don't. I didn't expect that at all. Actually, just I don't. I guess I don't know why. Just eh, city building game. Probably just gonna wait for a SimCity Four, and you know anything that's kind of coalescing around it is just gonna be you SimCity know by definition. Five, right? Or, yeah, right. Yeah, but. No, this game has curved roads and like an amazing zoom function and it's it's beautiful and it, it has a mm-hmm. great soundtrack and it's oh, it's,
3: a fucking it's funny. Great. Soundtrack
2: in three was amazing. I, remember, yeah, I remember
3: thinking
0: that about Tropico Three when Chris was
3: playing it because my impression of the early Tropicos, having never played them, was always like this is the B grade, sort of mm-hmm. like the bargain yeah. one. Yeah. Because it always had like cheesy cigar chomping fake castro on the exactly. box and stuff. It always looked like the wacky cousin. Well, like, two was yeah, like a pirate
2: the, thing, right? It was okay. like a, Yeah, I don't
0: even yeah. know. Oh weird. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Probably. Uh probably but, had oh. a pirate on it. Yeah. Um but yeah, yeah, it's 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 really polished. Uh and then the other thing I'll say about it is that um it it's I mean, and this is something that obviously, you know, I didn't play three and I heard it was mm-hmm. great. It was really cool. So, I liked it a lot. Yeah, I mean I I could be repeating something that you've already talked about, but
2: Whatever. that was a I man. mean it,
0: it's it's really interesting because it's 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 takes it takes the SimCity um You know, concept and and wraps it in something that is actually like uh, interesting from a from just a a historical perspective. Like it, it um, it gives it specificity. It it gives it a specificity that just feels deliberately generic. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, you. This is a simulation of a Banana Republic in in the 1950s, and the things that you end up doing in this game. Uh, are things that you know, you know, they're 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 um they're systems and, and that that actually exist. Yeah, like
2: there's precedent. There's, it, yeah,
0: there's it's pre- it's 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 a goofy facade. Like it's a you know, superficially the game yeah, is goofy as that's all what's hell. A,
2: that's a weird tonal thing about it.
0: Right. And so you, you get sucked into it just because oh you're making my presidente and my little avatar and like there's goofy music and you know, you just you know, there are quests like, you know, imprison uh imprison this grandma because she you know hates your regime. And you just yeah. you know, you're sort of <laughs> yeah. yeah <laughs> it's, it's, yeah, that's, it's,
2: there's a weird tunnel. Right. Like, I, it's it's I appreciate that, though.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's, 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 it's super goofy. But then you catch yourself later realizing that, you know, it's... Uh, somebody's grandma? Well, yeah, it's, well, it's somebody's <laughs> grandma, but also just... You're basically you, – you get halfway through a, a round of this and realize you're Thank building you. up this shantytown to support the mining operation that is in essence supporting the the tourism business that is on the other side of the island completely yeah. hidden yeah. from your shantytown where all these poor people are just rooting around in like their yeah. awful – I mean it's like – You've created. I mean, that's this, what's amazing about this it. representation of an actual Banana Republic, and yeah. uh, it's just—it's like there, there's a subtle moment where you realize, oh my god, like this is this is actually what have working. I become? Yeah, what <laughs> I, I am basically Castro. Like, it's amazing. It's really good. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Can about. everybody on your island read? Um, there is an, an
1: literacy system. rate is uncontrollably great. It's fucking amazing. It's like yeah, 80, yeah. 5% education literacy. is
0: actually one of the, the major components, and in, like every every building that you build. Um, requires a certain amount of uh, of educated workers, and, and and certain ones, you know, like a mine requires no education, um, and a hotel requires high school education, and et cetera, et cetera. It actually takes it to an absurd degree. I mean, you can like, by the end of by the end of my current island, um, I have, you know, the the end goal of of every of every game is to build up a, a large enough tourism business so that you basically have sustainable wealth, because otherwise you're going to run out of natural resources. So. Um, You know, I've got this crazy beach resort, but then I've got all this leftover. I've got like $2 million in the bank, and so I just made a space program.
1: (laughs) Also, the space
0: program that costs... $2 $2 dollars. Right. I mean, like, yeah, it's yeah. just—it's hilarious it a to balloon. see a space shuttle with like, a Cuban flag on the side, just like, <laughs> like yeah. There's a volcano in the background just exploding, and like <laughs>
2: so the space shuttle like, comes out of the volcano. Yeah,
0: it did. It was amazing. There was this incredible moment where a volcano was destroying like half of the shanty town, while the space shuttle was rocketing <laughs> oh, 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 into my space. God.
2: And people were on the beach, just like, what's going on? That, well, <laughs> not right there, there's your, there's your just built-in yeah. symbol for the dichotomy you were describing Basically. earlier. Yeah, so yeah, you yes. won at that exact. Yeah, I beat
0: Tropico four. Yeah, at at just, that moment. The space, the shuttle, space shuttle, shuttle exploded, exploded. He's becoming
2: incinerated by the jet exhaust. <laughs> your <Yeah. laughs> yes. your presidente in the background yeah. just yes, yes. Just boiling alive As he in, is the in the, the water cone that comes, of <laughs> yeah. the space shuttle. Well, he's actually just, just, just blasting off. He has space. his back
3: turned to the plight of all the people with his sunglasses on, and in the reflection of the sunglasses is the space shuttle <laughs> launching. <laughs> <Yeah. up>.
2: Right. <laughs>
0: But I mean, you know, one thing I will say also is that it's um it's interesting how tenuous your your city is in comparison to something like SimCity Four, where you can usually dig your way out of of a of a you know a mishap in that game. In City. you know, you can get a loan or something. In this game, if you you build up the wrong combination, like if you if you go for like a mining economy and you run out of things to mine, you can just be completely screwed. I mean, like if if one thread of your your little, uh, you know, urban center is is destroyed by a tsunami. You're basically done. Like you can't dig your way well, out that's, of it. That's and it's, al-
2: it's also another really that's another tragic thing. Like comparing yeah. the the sort of developed world that SimCity represents mm-hmm. versus the uh, uh, kind of developing country that um, or sort of third world country in yeah. some cases that this represents. Like when you look at the difference between major natural disasters in the United States or other developed countries versus like Haiti or whatever. Like right. it's really tragic that the exact same, a, a, an event of similar magnitude yeah. can have such grossly divergent results, Yeah, you know, like well, it's for nice years that, yeah. to
1: come. It's nice that it focuses so much on like the islandness nature of like, mm-hmm. what that means. And uh, that's, it sounds really great. Yeah. There are
0: fantastic yeah. things that happen just systemically. Like you'll build a hotel and because there aren't uh, there there isn't any um low income housing nearby just shanty like huts will start you know springing out of the ground they'll just automatically build um, just so that people can live and work near that area because they have no other place to you know there's no tra- you're not providing them transportation from the right. you know from the town center um yeah there's just a lot of great stuff in there that's just it's subtle but uh once you once you get past the sort of goofy facade of it it's it's fascinating it's really it's
2: really well done yeah i mean they they probably no, gonna, i want to play the game now yeah, yeah. I mean, the, you know, that, that goofy nature has been – it's not new to this game, obviously. It's been part of that series before. Yeah. But I would imagine that it felt like that was almost necessary to keep this from just yes. being an incredibly dismal experience. That's,
0: prob- that's probably right? You yeah. wouldn't
2: really want to stay with it. It's like yeah. Real Lives 2010 or something. You know, like makes no effort to do that. But it's a little different because in Real Lives, you're kind of just getting carried along. Like right. you're making choices and they have an impact. But in Tropico, every single little – like fulcrum point is down to you, like balancing right. this if thing. If Tropico
3: and, like, was actually just garbage blowing around and gunfire going off, you would not want to play that game anymore, right? right? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: Which realize yeah. is, well, that that's is one is of the,
1: isn't a, like it's not really an entertainment.
3: Exactly, product. right. That's yeah. one of the things that yes. divides
2: them is that Tropico is explicitly yeah. a commercial entertainment exercise. Right. But, it's, but it's interesting. It's that
3: a huge great point, and
0: it's credit though that exactly
3: that, that veneer brings you in, and then you just yep. sort of get
0: punched in the gut. Yep. If you. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yep, it's really well done. So yeah, yeah. Short, sweet. I should give I a shot. I should, mean, should I should like play, Tropico play really a lot, 4. so I, yeah, mm-hmm. why yeah. not? I'll oh, man. Yeah, that. definitely. Does it have procedural god rays like Tropico 3? Oh, that, <laughs> that stuff was so beautiful. <laughs> it in that actually game. does look – like the engine is amazing. It's really and you can zoom yeah. all the way into to the point where you're actually clipping through the ground. But I, I love that they allow you to do that because yeah. I was just kind of – I was actually, I had the thought like Dead End Thrills should be doing screenshots for this game because it mm-hmm. looks amazing. It's gorgeous. Yeah. It's
2: fantastic. It's a weird property of that class of game that some of them are actually the most secretly beautiful games around. Anno games are the same. Yeah, that's yeah. so what I was going to say. Anno games I, are unbelievably I remember gorgeous. there was a the
3: time when you were playing the – which whatever the Anno was before, 27 – Yeah, when you were playing Anno 14.04 and then right around the same time you were playing Tropico. So I kept yeah. coming over to your house to record and just going, holy shit, like your yeah. computer was just displaying yeah. the most beautiful – incredibly gorgeous. Th- vaguely isometric inspired uh, 3D worlds mm-hmm. for, for many but they weeks. Have, they have
2: – free third yeah. person camera so you can go and get the angle through a tree yeah. or you know right above oh, the water so I mean just oh my god and those it's a shame because the 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 way that sort of the game press and just kind of the world of PR and like game awards and stuff is set up games like that never ever end up getting nominated or winning like visual arts awards mm. and it's a real shame because they're they represent a to- they they set out to represent a totally different kind of of beauty than, yeah. than games that tend to win those awards win. And I feel like it's just an unfortunate matter of circumstance mm-hmm. that the group of people who tends to be responsible for handing out awards like that is largely just unaware of that entire category of game, or at least not enough of them are aware to ever make games like that a player in those discussions. And it's it's a shame because they represent things that are reflect parts of beauty in the actual world in which we live in a really unique really video game specific way. Mm-hmm. And I wish they I wish that those games were able to get more credit for that on a regular basis. Um, yeah. Because I just, you know, I mean, when you look at games like Anno and Tropico, that, that's a kind of beauty that you just don't see reflected in most games. Yeah.
0: Well, and even just you know, like in Tropico, just zooming into a city street and there's a school with graffiti on the side of the wall and it, it looks amazing. Yeah, I mean, just that level of detail for a game like this is completely unnecessary. But the fact that they did it just, I, I don't know, it does add something to it. Oh, because, absolutely yeah, it does. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, is really good. Yep. Do you
1: guys want to do some reader mail?
2: Yeah, let's do some reader mail from you, the readers. We haven't said that in a while.
1: I was about to say it
2: too. Nick oh, being no. back,
3: maybe want to say it's, it's oh, from man, mail here. from you, the readers. We're going to do
2: some reader mail this week.
3: Oh, it's mail from you, the
2: readers. There you go, Nick Brecken. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so Sean Thompson writes, "Here's a question: How discriminate are you when buying video games? Now, I ask because you've experienced what I have—a game fatigue." But in 2012, I played more games than I have in years and loved it. One of the things I've done is completely change how I buy video games. I don't purchase any game, no matter how cheap, unless I actually intend to play it right now. Sorry, Steam sales. I've done my best to be as discriminated as possible, including dropping almost all games that have had too many sequels without significant change, like Assassin's Creed and Halo. It's been amazing, and even though I've missed out on popular games like Assassin's Creed 3, Cod Blops 2, I don't regret it. It's almost like, in retrospect, the AAA games have become like kids' shows or something on TV. The same game mechanics are sold over and over, but I've seen those mechanics, and I want new stuff. But fortunately, new stuff is out there and I'm having a great time. That's Sean Thompson. I think that's really smart.
1: Yeah. yeah. I don't... I mean, I don't prescribe... I don't I have the same rule of I'm not going to buy this because I'm not going to play it right the second just mm-hmm. because Steam sales are way too Otherwise, potent. those ruin you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, um... No, I mean, I don't know. Um, uh, It's fun to buy games, you know? I mean, it's fun to go shopping for a new game when you're ready to play one. Like, something I do is, like, if I get, like... If somebody gives me, like, a gift card or... Like my credit card, the the one, the only one that I use <clears throat> has a cash back system that is, they send you $25 gift cards whenever you yeah, do for one. one. Yeah, yeah. So those just become steam <laughs> yeah. wallet dollars funny, yeah. always like I just, because I don't want to like go buy something for $23 and have a dollar on there and waste right. it. Yeah. So I'm like, Oh, 20 and five boom steam wallet. Mm-hmm. So it's almost like having a steam credit card that's earning me points. If that makes sense. Right. So that's just yeah, how yeah, I've been yeah. buying games like yeah, all year. Funny, yeah. I don't know. But, uh, yeah, is it weird, actually, for you guys, especially going from like being ex ex journalists who always got to play every game and have access to every game? Mm-hmm. What's your behavior like? Do you
3: guys still have access? Do you still have <laughs> steam journalist access?
1: <laughs>
2: uh, <laughs> I, I still buy way. I mean, I still I buy a lot. More like Jake, I guess, where I just I buy a lot of games. But I mean, I I. I've been trying to be more discriminant in the way this guy describes as well. Yeah, same.
3: Like, my 2011 to 2012, there's been a a steep drop off for me in the number of games that I buy, but I still have acquired way more games than I've played this year. Yeah. Yeah. I'm bad.
1: In that I've bought games. (laughs) (laughs) Let's just just be honest. (laughs) Fuck. Uh, Well, I always. The way you buy games always. I mean, this might be giving you more credit than you. Always seems have. stupid. No, but it always <laughs> kind of feels like you're like more of a patron of the industry. Yeah. Well, that's it's how like, I, oh, I want to support this yeah. game, so I'm purchasing it. That's yeah, yeah and that's yeah. the tough
2: thing that's that's hard to reconcile with this because that's how I am with everything, not just games, but like well, I don't I what? Oh no! no, no. <laughs> well, shut up.
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> well, I disagree.
2: Garbage. <laughs> like that's that's generally you just how I try thing. to spend my money. Just uh-huh. I'll go out of my way to go see something in the theater if it's a the kind of film I want to support, like. I'll pay, like I don't pay for cable service, like I don't pay for a lot of sort of things like that, but the flip side of it is I go out of my way to all the things that I actually am going to watch or play I buy them, and I make sure to tr- I try when possible to do it, like when the thing is relatively new, or like whatever, and sometimes yeah. that results in me having delayed or in, in some cases just never experiencing the thing, although I, I try to not have that be the case, but I it's hard. It can be hard to reconcile those two modes of operation for yeah. that for that reason. So I don't. Mm-hmm. But it, but I do think it is a good way to be. The way the guy describes is you know mm-hmm. don't don't just indiscriminately buy shit left and right. Yeah.
1: You know, mm-hmm. I feel less guilty about it when it's a digital game because I don't feel like I'm buying this. Box no, you're not cluttering room. up your home. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, I hate having stuff. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Cool. Good question, Sean. Thanks for listening.
2: Also, speaking of digital clutter, Damian Harris writes about steam fruitcake gifts. He says, <laughs> I was listening to the cast and I was amused by your description of the steam fruitcake gift, The Ship. My buds in the platformers community have a similar steam fruitcake by the name of Bad Rats. Unlike The Ship, Bad Rats is an amazingly terrible and barely playable game involving rats killing cats through Rube Goldberg-style puzzles. It is absolutely terrible in every respect. Thanks to the most recent Steam sale, everyone in our community has been cursed with ownership of this game, so we're looking for a replacement fruitcake. We'll keep you posted if we find one. Keep up the good work that dude over there. Then we got another email. Um,
1: that was That's a quality email. Yes. Yeah, Damien. You know,
2: <laughs> uh, from Chris Gwyn, entitled Fruitcake of Steam. He says, I was excited to hear you wonder what the fruitcake of Steam was. Ah, I know where they're going with this, I thought, and I was wrong. The ship... The ship is the orange or the toothbrush of Steam. Something given out in vast quantities, but that the recipient might actually want. No, the fruitcake of Steam is Secret of the Magic Crystal. Artery Studios has sold tens of thousands of copies from gag steam purchases. See Julian Murdoch's on the on, See Julian Murdoch's article on the phenomenon, or see Artery trying to convince people to buy it in bulk as a gag gift. Oh god, so they the roomed it. Mm-hmm. It is not <laughs> good. Even my five-year-old daughter got bored. Chris Quinn. And it's he the reading the thing by the Artery developer is the most – I read it. I followed the guy's link. It is bad. <laughs> like, it is straight up a blog post from the developer being like, it's totally hilarious. Just buy our game. They have links to it that are like, buy 12 games, buy 12 copies at once for only $12.95 or whatever. Oh, my Yeah, it's really, really – it makes you just cringe. And he's like – they try to – they've set it up. They have a blog post on their site that sets this up like a faux Kickstarter where they're like, if you buy 12 copies of, of Secret of the Magic Crystals whatever it's called now, you'll get five copies of the sequel if we raise enough money to make that through these – like they're trying to set up a pyramid scheme. where like, <laughs> People just buy <laughs> infinite copies of this shitty game so they can make sequels to it. It's very weird. It's really. We're kind really of. Weird. We're probably helping them right now. Yeah, I guess we are. Yeah. Buy the ship <laughs> instead if you want to buy a thing to give people. But they might actually like it. Yeah. Um, well, they probably will because uh-huh. it's really good. Um, and on that note, speaking of buy the ship instead, <laughs> we because <laughs> of the discussion do, war, do you have the yeah. email? We have had a
1: windfall, readers.
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. If the ship is the currency of the steam economy, like the shadow currency, we are now the fucking
2: lords flush, of its yeah. underworld. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're flush. So okay, pedal
0: um, no thumbs goodness. is too big to fail.
2: <laughs> <laughs> We've become we the, the Fanny and, and Freddie <laughs> of yeah. the yeah. underground yeah. steam economy. Okay, so we were contacted. So a number of the people who actually worked on the ship, I guess they're they're out of Scotland, um, heard our podcast. Hi last guys, week thanks for listening. We're really pleased that we talked about their game. I'm I'm glad they were pleased and not. Uh, offended that we described their game as the fruitcake of steam but uh, uh we did actually we leave.
3: described it as the rare fruitcake that is delicious that's though. true
2: yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah um so phil, phil harris from uh i don't know if they're still called outer light or what they were called outer light when they made the ship i don't know if they still are. but he he wrote us and um and offered to give us a bunch of steam keys um to the ship to help just propagate this uh weird microbe uh sort of meme thing and he says, Here are 300 keys for the ship. Um, as we said in the podcast, that 300 keys is worth Far Cry 3. I think Peter, our managing director, is hoping you'll honor that. However, I appreciate that giving you so many keys may devalue the economy, especially since each key unlocks five copies of the game. <laughs> have fun. So, so that's fantastic. So we basically have 1,500 copies of the ship to seed out into the world. Yeah. And we have no idea how we're going yeah, to so give Yeah, so we
3: now want to issue a – the ship or like the like – yeah, the Steam Economy Spread the Wealth Challenge, I guess. What the fuck should we do with 300 Steam gi- gift codes for the ship? Please – Please help us. If you have if you have ideas for what we should do, write us in a question at I I know, net. We've got a few ideas for what the heck to do with these. But, but they're complicated. Also, complicated. Actually, one <laughs> yeah, idea so.
1: is we will play the game. So maybe we should all
2: get well, on. Yeah, yeah, we yeah, we should, we'll on, we should yeah. set up some Yeah, some we Yeah, we, we want to set up a stream or two of, this, of the ship. Um, or just some, some, some times that we yeah. can get just, on and play. Yeah. Yeah. Like, even if it's not super organized, but just sometimes we declare to be when idle thumbs readers are going to go and play yeah.
1: maybe follow us on twitter if you're not doing that and
3: we'll it's put also it
1: worth um we never mention this but it's it's on the
3: idle thumbs website if you go to idle slash idle thumbs we have a steam community which is hasn't been active lately but oh, if, yeah. if you guys just amongst yourselves want to start up some ship games please oh, yeah, just sign up that. to the idle thumbs Steam community and um Send one of us a message, and we can give you admin rights for a while to post to post some ship games. Go we'll also calendar. try and do that. Yeah, put some stuff on the calendar. We'll also try to maybe put some ship stuff together because us talking about the ship as the fruitcake of Steam last week made a surprising number of people write us saying, "Oh, what? when are you guys going to play the ship? We want
2: to." Yeah, wanna we play disco- it. we disco- well, we also discovered that not everybody actually owns this fruitcake. So yeah, uh, we, we have
3: the ability cannot- to remedy that now.
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah, we only have 300 codes ourselves, but as we said, each of those is five copies. So after we see these, the community can then further right. remember. Yeah, be like Mary uh, Kim, remember when thinking about right, what to exactly. do
3: with these, each of these the ship codes is basically a cluster bomb we give to one person, right. who then like spreads out to five people. Yeah. God, yeah. the best thing would be if each of those five it then turned doesn't. gave them four other people. <laughs> like if this just became the outbreak map uh, yeah. across the the globe, fractal ship. Yeah, that yeah. probably isn't how it works. It's probably not. It's
2: probably for the best. Yeah. Um, so anyway, that's a weird thing that happened since last yeah. week. thanks for that, guys. Yeah,
1: thank you. What's the name of the developer again?
2: I don't know what they're called now. They were called Outer Light, but the guy's email comes from Blazing Griffin. So I think they might have reformed under a different name. I'm not sure. Well, thanks
1: a lot, guys. That's awesome. Yeah,
2: Yeah, actually, yeah, Blazing Griffin is what they're called now. Cool. BlazingGriffin.com. Okay. Slash Um, wizard. (laughs) (laughs) So Alistair Clark, we read his email last week about turning off the... um, the UI in Far Cry 3. Uh And he followed up again with a list of specific things that he's noticed in that game as a result of no UI. And it's just a list, but I kind of want to read it because it's really fascinating. And Mm -hmm. I think it's a cool... It's kind of an illustrated example of what we were talking about of what happens when you kind of over-polish your game as you kind of obfuscate some of the things in the simulation that are actually cool. Um, And he says... um, Uh, Thanks for reading my email on the podcast this week. I'm teaching in a small town in Japan, so it's nice to keep up to date with discussions about game and game design, especially for PC since it doesn't have much of a presence here. As a follow-up to last email, here are a few of the things I've started to notice or do in Far Cry 3 as a result of no UI. Using black smoke trails to locate pirate-controlled outposts. Using towers as actual viewpoints to plan a route, and in most cases not unjamming them so I'm not tempted to cheat with the map. Noticing environmental patterns where certain plant types grow. Mentally marking places that have a large amount of those plant types. Figuring out I have where a game you should I, play. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. <laughs> figuring out where stashes are likely to be based on notable landmarks, identifying wildlife from a distance by specific barks, identifying enemy types by clothes and behavior, finding random patrols when they give themselves away by doing things like target practice, leading hostages or getting into fights, planning attacks more carefully and firing in controlled bursts because I have no idea how many bullets I still have so, and just finally generally soaking in the surroundings. It really is a beautiful game now that I actually stopped to look at it instead of chasing uh, waypoints. And he finishes by saying, as a final thing, I keep thinking what a shame it is that the map is such an abstraction in Far Cry 3. I know it's easier said than done, but having a basic Far Cry 2 map you could hold and then overlay with one of the various overhead projector style stencils for animal plant or stash locations would have made me giddy. Thanks again for reading Owls there. So I thought that was a cool email.
3: That's cool. I mean, it's, yeah. it's frustrating in that it seems like he's going very heavily out of his way to make Far Cry 3 enjoyable for himself instead of the game yeah, facilitating, facilitating that. that. But that, that is really cool. Yeah. Also, man, play me as Mata.
2: <laughs> yeah, but it's the other cool thing that, in addition to that, is just that the developers did. There's all that stuff in the game, right? Things, yeah, you know? yeah. It's got to be really you have frustrating, have to, probably.
3: Actively force yourself yeah. as a player, though, to, to to filter it down to just right. those pieces of the experience. Right, right, right. Yep. That is really that is that
2: is a cool thing,
4: though.
2: Yep. Yep. Um, let's, let's see. A- <laughs> Larry Lebron. I don't know. I don't know what you guys are going to say about this, but um, that's addressed to mainly, I think, Jake and Sean. He says. Hi, Thumbs. As I understand it, contemporary branching narrative games, such as The Walking Dead, require authors and designers to hand author content for all possible branches. They must then track the game state to ensure the narrative moves down to the appropriate branch. This approach can create great experiences, but clearly leads to an exponential blow-up in terms of authoring. Mm -hmm. Do you guys have any thoughts on how we can create systems-driven narrative, where the computational systems of the series software dynamically craft the the narrative? I know there's been some work in academia, i.e. facade, but so little has been made outside of that bubble. Jake and Sean, how would you feel authoring for that kind of system versus one where you have more direct control? The shift would be analogous to moving from paper pong. I don't know what that is, but he has a link to paperconsole.com slash paper pong.html. Give you chance to answer. <laughs> to the systems based version of pong as we know it. Glad the thumbs are back, Larry. P.S. Need a programmer. <laughs> need a programmer question mark, he says.
3: I have very strong thoughts on this. Uh huh. Go ahead then. I have no idea or experience to explain or express how that could be remotely possible. Yeah. No, I mean, I, I agree. Yes. That's all. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the difference to me between the fully like one-off specific stuff that a game like the Walking Dead or a traditional adventure game or a choose your own adventure book has versus a game that tries to procedurally not only assemble but procedurally craft or create narrative content even out of tiny tiny pre-existing beats like Facade does it's so outside of the realm of, of what yeah. I ever think about. Like there's a, there's a really hard divide in my brain between games that don't mm-hmm. really care about it or that kind of lightly brush it on like most games do or a game that's explicitly about it. And whenever I think about how to procedurally do it, my brain just falls apart personally.
1: Yeah, Yeah, same. And I mean, on a consumer level, I don't really respond very well to games that try to systemize hyper-specific explicit narrative. Yeah, I agree. I think the less it can be specific and it's sort of uh, milieu and like setting and place and the things are actually in the world. But the moment it tries to like have a person come right. talk to well, you.
2: Synthesizing human speech or even like yeah. a narrative construct. Well, know, I mean, it's, it's, and that's a real tough thing. I mean,
1: you and I were talking about that in respects to Steve's game gone mm-hmm, home and yeah. also just sort of a lot of the explicit narrative games in the IGF this year. Um, Thirty Flights of Loving, obviously, as well, where it just says, you know what, let's completely desystemize the game and just focus on uh, the story and let that be okay, and maybe that's that's, well, that's fine. That's one of the reasons Cartlife you was
2: know? so incredibly fascinating to me, right? Is because it re- it picks those battles really, really smartly. I mean, it's it takes a completely a very heavily authored narrative and very cleverly situates it. <laughs> Inside an actual game system, yeah, in a way that doesn't feel at odds with itself.
1: No, it feels it's. I think well, Cart Life might be able to answer just in its existence answer this question about where those things can cross over really cleanly, mm-hmm. pretty well. I think
3: Cart Life Life does a good job of it because it's the specific thing that it chose to be about, and that's a thing that I think people right. often don't or often leave out when they talk about this. Where just imagine a game that did this. Okay, fine. But the way that you imagine a game that's a narrative and a mechanical thing that works harmoniously is imagine a shopkeeping simulation and then imagine that being cut as a montage with the life of the shopkeeper whose life is being affected by the balance sheet that you're manipulating in the simulator. Like you can't – that story can't be about everything. It can right. almost be about – it's about next next to nothing. There's like – you know, it can be about a shopkeeper – and the effects I mean, you just, that, you your, could, that your simulation is yeah. having on his life. Like that, you we could you,
1: change the, the, the specificity of the like – Maybe the, it's about a
3: stockbroker. Right. You but you, it's still an economic <laughs> right. system. that's
1: going to have the same sort of principles at its core. Yeah. And I agree with that completely. I think there's sort of – I get really always kind of like dodgy around, oh, we can make a game out of anything. And I don't really think that's true necessarily. So I do think there's sort well, of a really intelligent
2: selection the other at the that's beginning. true if you're willing to scale back. Yeah, how yeah, yeah, system. You know what I mean? Like, right. well, you guys could have made a game like The Walking Dead about an even less gamier thing than a zombie attack, right? And it's, right. You, it
1: could. Well, I mean, early on there was a push to make some of the relationship management stuff really, really systems driven. Like, mm-hmm. oh, mm-hmm. you know, having this sort of sl- like very classic RPG slider of oh, this guy likes you X amount, and if you mm-hmm. push him and make three more choices this way, his mood's going to change, and therefore, blah 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 <laughs> Tiny blah. Tiny bits of that code are still in the game. And yeah, it also, I mean, we also sort of, but yeah, <laughs> but we also like. Do that in a couple really like hand chosen spot in spots, but I mean the type of game we make, yeah, is just a, an insane amount of work. I I think every that single thing that's coming out of the screen is being was made by a person and not a computer, so that's really 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 challenging from a production side. I don't know how you could make. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I don't know. It's hard to make. Like, how do you make the game cheaper when that's the case? Well, or I think like that
3: w- when when you're talking about stories, a story is uh, unless you want to get really weirdly modern or postmodern about it i guess a story is about something a story tell me a story you're expecting to be told something so i think you either need that who is who is in charge of that collaboration either needs to be the game designer or the player and when you start trying to split the difference and really really when you start trying to split the difference and have the game mechanically trying to generate authored feeling content that a player is then uncovering i think you end up in a really insane place that doesn't actually exist in what a story has ever been before. Like either, yeah. either the player is a storyteller or the game designer is a storyteller. And one of the other, one or the other is being enraptured by the telling of it from the other person.
1: Yeah. Well, I and, mean, I, I, well, I I'm, think, I'm gonna I, think like, I question that a little bit yeah, me too. because I feel like it is a collaboration, but the thing that isn't the storyteller is an AI. I'm talking about exactly. it. I'm talking yeah, about in right. uh-huh. terms of yeah. what it's about. What is this game? Uh, like, No? Yes? I kind of disagree with you. I mean, I think what The Walking Dead is about for players is a little different probably than what it's about for us, even though we explicitly authored it to be about one thing. I think there's enough room in sort of the the choice-based system, which is a very, very rudimentary system, to allow players to craft a lot of their own meaning. And I think a lot of good games do that. Okay,
2: that's fair. Well, I think... And there are also cases where the further you get from... A narrative that is primarily constructed out of dialogue and human beings interacting with each other. The third of because a story doesn't need to involve that, and the further a story gets away from that, the more you can have that middle ground, right? Like right. something like Miyazada is it is both very highly designed, but also only manifests by way of just like the the, the narrative part is very heavily manifested by the player just. Doing, doing stuff, yeah. And, and, yeah.
1: Right. And like, but you know, I mean, th- to th- your point, I think, yeah, The Walking Dead is about a lean Clementine. So sh- that stuff sh- isn't being generated. Of course. Yeah. The yeah. story yeah, yeah. a player
3: mm-hmm. tells someone else of their playthrough of Miasmata is not going to be about the explicit content. And that break is really clean. The story that a player right. tells... That's true. You're when talking about telling, the moment to moment. When, the, when a, a player is just literally telling someone, like, this is what happened in my Walking Dead yeah. playthrough. This is what happened when I was playing Heavy Rain or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's right. they're t- They're literally just barfing back... Yeah, the I'll events the, of the, the,
1: the, well, events, the I mean, well the thing is I think we yeah. were smart. I think we were smart in I mean, not to give ourselves, I don't want to like sit here and like what, was, what did we say, puff up my buddies? Was that puff what? up <laughs> my buddies? <Yeah. laughs> like I don't want to like, you know I'll be gentle here, but uh and quick. Quick and gentle. But I think we made some choices that allowed some uh some flexibility in what people told them, told their friends about their playthrough. Like, oh I bet that guy totally doesn't trust me right now. Oh, I bet the thing's gonna come back on me. Oh, I bet you know, like, oh, I totally... Yeah, like that's true. This guy's never going to...
3: There, there are suppositions. There, there, are, yeah. there are personal interpretations of the way things mean. And those are creative choices, I think,
1: as opposed to technical choices, probably.
3: Like, Yeah. I, don't I, I, guess, I mean, maybe, it boils down Maybe I tried all... to draw way too hard of a line there, I guess. Sorry. Well, there are also... Well, the
2: the thing know. that's I weird mean, about this is that there are... I mean, something like The Walking Dead, just on the most fundamental level, does communicate its story really different than some other games do. Like, that's right. one of the things that I think... I remember I, about, I don't know, maybe a month ago... Uh, I said one of the things that I that was a bi- that was a big theme for me in 2012 was becoming really comfortable more so than I have been in the past with the idea of games like um, The Walking Dead or Thirty Flights of Loving or like Steve's upcoming game Gone, Gone Home. I became a lot more comfortable with the notion of not trying of when if you're decide if you're just deciding that your game is going to be about a fairly prescriptive authored story then just saying it's okay to abandon a lot of the gamier parts of it because otherwise the experience is just going to be very fragile or you know maybe like laborious like right. i th- i i think or that it's, way around, it's okay right?
1: i mean you could look at far cry 3 and say the other way around yeah yeah no for yeah. sure
2: but i think it's okay to like to let those two different approaches Become separate and and not you know not focus on the holy grail of like how do you synthesize right right like if you want to do the cart life thing still pisses that's me off when they do it really well. <laughs> like, no I know, I
4: know. Yeah, I'm like oh, I a mean, like, fuck as, you as you said though like
2: cart life is a about a specific situation that is good that can be right. replicated by game systems well, Jake said pretty that, cleanly yeah. or Jake said, yeah yeah um, and I think you know if you if you don't have any interest in telling that kind of story or or maybe if you're not capable of creating that kind of thing as that's not your strength as a designer or developer or whatever like I think. I think it's totally fine within the just sort of broad umbrella of video games to just pick and choose and just say, you know what? You're just doing this, like whatever. Fuck it. If you can do it well, then why not? You know, like if you can tell, if you can be convincing and and creative and
1: what's funny is I actually think your studio right now, double fine is a really good, like is emblematic of what you just said because Mm -hmm. so much of this, like the foundation of that studio, given Tim's background and strengths is this, this, explicit narrative you know what just we're just going to do that and strip some of the systems out brutal legend mm-hmm. notwithstanding um but then you go then the studio has a culture where amnesia fortnight can happen and very
2: systems driven and games you see the most come out like, of that well what's interesting about amnesia, amnesia Fortnite, Fortnite has the split too yeah right, it does it's which like, i think is White really cool Birch and amnesia fortnight was was authored to an insane degree like every single animation and like branching point was human authored by, like, Dave Gardner. Yeah, with the exception of just other. walking a guy around, yeah.
3: everything in that is just literally... Yeah. You know, you're just more like, playing right. through oh, cutscenes. And then on the other
2: hand, like, my team, we made Space Base, which is, like, you you couldn't... <laughs> in two weeks, at the sort of... With the level of art assets we were trying to make, it would be tougher to get further away from that that philosophically. Yeah. And and then there were games that are in the... Like, um, uh, Black, Black Lake is closer a little to the White Birch, but still more in the middle of those. Mm-hmm. And, like, Autonomous was more... Um, uh, kind of robust than ours in terms of like a world presentation, but still very systemic. Right. Um, and then hack and slash is a crazy thing that just subverts the entire notion of like. Yeah. I mean, it was it was weird being. It was cool witnessing that from within because I think Double Fine has a reputation of you know you know as uh, the, you know as stated like the notion of get the explicit narrative out like it's okay if other things suffer from that. It Double Fine
3: was, feels very like art first, creative content yeah, first. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. yeah,
2: And, you know, we're a studio that is heavy on artists, like just the number of artists we have and like they are very extraordinarily talented. And so their influence can be felt, you know, a lot in the studio. Um, so it was really it was actually kind of surprising even as a Double Fine employee um, to go through Amnesia Fortnite and see just that notion explode or at least the the prescriptive part of that explode. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's a great question. So (laughs) so 2012 has been instructive for me in a lot of ways, like that, Mm -hmm. and then all the stuff I was talking about earlier with playing your game and and Steve's game and Brendan's game, like that. All of those things have been like swirling around. You took a life changing career
1: event and three of your closest friends to make games.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no. 2012 has been an interesting year for me in that way, thinking about game structure and narrative and so on. Cool. Do you want to do one more question? Are we good? I feel like uh, that that was a good one. Let's end on
1: that. That was strong. Strong.
3: Yep. Sean liked that question. I thought
1: it was great. I don't cool. know. Cool. That was a good question. Well,
2: thanks. Almost Nick. as great
1: as transferring your domains at hover.com <laughs> See Not
2: you next week. Almost as great. <laughs> Not quite.
1: Let's face it. Nick. Yeah. Bye. So glad you were here, man.
2: Goodbye yeah. forever. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we're
1: done. Oh no, Nick's gotta <laughs> Nick's gotta play us out. Oh yeah, play us out, Nick. What huh? You brought your saxophone. Oh yeah. I
4: was <laughs> <laughs> I'm
0: I'm just imagining my tombstone with my last words like chiseled in. Cover.com. <laughs> <laughs> oh fuck slash wizard. It's just like somebody's <laughs> it's like chiseling into like the letters. Wizard. Like, uh, <laughs> right.
4: Okay.
2: And we were joined by Nick Brecken. Yeah. And he was Nick Brecken.